Listen up. If you're making wildly disparaging comments about the vaccine and have no public health expertise, you may be responsible for someone's death. Shut up. Are you offended? So am I. Hi, you're listening to Right From Karen. My name's Karen. This podcast is about a little bit of everything. My life, my writing, politics, and religion. Grab a cup of coffee and get comfortable. I have a lot to say about nothing. Howdy ho, neighbors. Welcome to another episode of Write From Karen, the podcast version. That's W-R-I-T-E from Karen.com. That's where you can find my blog and where I'm usually hanging out. I do have a Patreon account. You can come join us over on my Discord server where we get up close and personal and getting to know each other and um, exchanging ideas and thoughts about writing and all kinds of good stuff. Today is July 5th. It is 635 in the evening. It was another gorgeous day here in the Ozarks, sunny and 80. There was a slight breeze, hardly any humidity at all, just a perfect summer day. I really enjoy these days. I savor these days because they don't happen very often in this part of the country. Um, Usually we have a lot of humidity right now, and I'm sure it's on its way, but for now it is gorgeous. Um, I hope you guys had a great 4th of July for those out there that are celebrating it. For those out there that are making hateful comments about our country, um, get out. (laughs) Go move someplace else. We don't want to hear it. This country is awesome. And it affords a lot of people a lot of opportunities. And it's up to you to take advantage of those opportunities. My family came over, my mom and dad came over, and the, our boys came over, and we had um, some steak burgers and some curly Q hot dogs, and they were delicious. My husband is an A-plus chef when it comes to barbecuing. Well, anyway, when it comes to cooking, period, he's just awesome. And we get these steak burgers at Harder House, and uh, they are the bomb.com. They're they're these huge patties with a pat of butter in the center, and they are the best hamburgers I've ever had in my entire life. They taste a lot like Steak and Shake burgers, actually, uh, and they're really good. They're a little expensive, but well worth the price. So they all come came over yesterday. We had hamburgers and hot dogs. My mom, my mom made a cookie cake, and we had some cookie cake for a dessert. We had some great conversation. We caught up. We took them over and showed them our trailer, which Kevin has been rocking. It's looking so good. And I promise there will be another updated video soon. Uh, He's done quite a bit on it. He now has the floor put in. And today, as a matter of fact, since it was such a gorgeous day, he put the windows in, which gives it a whole different look. So I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to use it. We're getting so close to being able to actually take it out on the road and do some camping. And then after uh, that, about 8.30, we headed up toward the parking lot. We like to mooch off the Country Club fireworks show that's close to our house. There's a parking lot that gives us just a perfect view of it whenever they, they do their show. And it's free, which is the best part. So we all headed up to the parking lot and settled in and again had some good conversation and waited for the fireworks to start. And uh, it's always great, but this year I feel like it was super good, and I was really glad because my mom and dad haven't had a chance to watch any fireworks in quite a number of years, so I think they really enjoyed it. So it was a good day. It was a really good, relaxing family day, and I'm really glad that my folks were able to come over and enjoy it. My nephew came over as well. We haven't seen him in a while. So it was a good family day of, you know, fellowship and just getting together and enjoying each other's company. So I hope you guys had a great 4th of July. Um, You know, it's an important holiday to remember and appreciate this great country that we live in. And, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else personally. I don't know about how I don't know how you feel, but that's how I feel. So I take offense whenever I hear or see anyone talk about, you know, talk, trash talk, the America that we live in and love. So anyway, I hope you had a great fourth. 
Um, we did not shoot off fireworks. We did not buy fireworks. Our city does not allow fireworks within the city limits. And I totally get that. I agree with that. It's dangerous. We don't want to accidentally set someone's house on fire. <laughs> that would not be good. Uh, so we haven't bought fireworks in a number of years. But honestly, the fireworks show at the country club is just, I mean, chef's kiss. It's awesome. And, it, you know, I don't know why we would want to do anything different to be honest and, and a, a ton of other people in the neighborhood come up and take advantage of the show as well so it's just a really cool um, kind of benefit of living close to a country club I guess we would never become members of the country club uh, we're not country club people no offense to anyone out there that might be a member of a country club but it's expensive and uh, you know I'm not necessarily a social person and I feel like that's a lot of social activities uh, so you know not really interested in joining the country club but it is a nice perk to live next to it and take advantage of their awesome fireworks show so getting back to the introduction of this podcast so that tweet I read you that's an actual tweet I did not make that up uh, that was tweeted out by the CEO of the hospital that I work for. And this first came out, I believe, on Thursday. And I it was brought to my attention by another associate who saw it. And she's like, oh, you're going to love this because she knows how I feel about this whole COVID thing. And so she showed me and my mouth dropped. I'm like, wow, that is wildly inappropriate for a CEO of a major hospital to tweet out, to tell people to shut up, don't ask questions, you know, he might as well have just finished his thought there, where shut up, sit down, put your arm out, don't ask questions, don't, I mean, don't dare question me, the expert, or any of the experts that I, you know, that are advising me, you don't know what you're talking about. And it was just really offensive and shocking, actually, that he flat out said that in his tweet. It sounds like he might have been responding to someone else's tweet and whatever, it doesn't matter. Regardless, it's not appropriate CEO behavior. And I'm embarrassed for him. I'm embarrassed for our hospital. And it can't be be looking good public relations wise for him to tweet that out. Um, so I got pretty fired up about it. Um, I did respond to his tweet. He responded back. I don't know if he knows I am an employee of the hospital that could come back and bite me in the ass at some point in time. Um, but I basically just said, wow, you know, um, I guess we should apologize for asking what is being injected into our bodies. I mean, it's only our body, something we have to have for the rest of our life. No big deal. And he's talking about how all the experts say it's safe and all this stuff. Well, with all due respect, sir, Show me some studies where it says it's it's very effective and very safe because all the stuff that I'm reading now, granted, it's uh, information that's not in the mainstream media, which is probably a good thing because the mainstream media is not going to report on anything that would put the vaccine experimental injectable in a disparaging light. But, you know, experts have been super wrong like consistently for this past year. So pardon me if I don't jump and say, oh, well, in that case, I mean, since you say it's safe, then by all means, let me go ahead and get the experimental injectable. No, I don't think so. I am curious to know if he got any backlash for this tweet. I hope he did because again, not exactly CEO behavior of a major hospital. And it was the talk of the hospital on Thursday. In fact, there were a few patients at the hospital that were showing us the tweets. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know if he'll get any kickback for this or any backlash. But uh, in my opinion, he should. And uh, I would like to know what kind of background he has, where he feels like he can make those statements. In fact, you know what, look, give me just a second and let's look it up and see what kind of background he has. I'm sure it's probably on our website somewhere. Hold on a second. So it says here that the uh, that Edwards is in his 10th year as CEO and his 29th year of service to the hospital I work out. He has served in various leadership roles in the organization. Prior to returning to the hospital in 1992, Mr. Edwards worked at Baylor University Medical Center and Barnes Jewish Hospital. 
So it doesn't sound like he has a medical degree. It sounds like he's been in administration this whole time, which I'm not knocking and I'm not saying that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Not that at all. I'm sure that he's going by uh, what he's being advised by our own infectious disease doctors who are giving him an earful. And um, he's certainly completely and totally drank the Kool-Aid. Um, but to be fair to him, he is the CEO of the hospital, and that is his job. And he is wanting to ultimately protect the community and the employees and the patients, obviously. And I get that. I totally do. Um, and I'm sure it's a difficult situation to be in, given his position. But it does not give him the right to belittle the community when they have questions, legitimate questions, about an experimental injectable that uh, is being pushed, I was going to say forcibly pushed, it's not been forcibly pushed yet. But it's definitely highly encouraged. And uh, I do feel like a lot of organizations are bullying people into getting the vaccine. Which by that I mean, they're, you know, either you get this, or you don't have a job or you get this or something's going to happen, or you can't participate in something you can't go shopping a certain place, you can't go on a cruise. I mean, if that's not bullying and coercing people into getting this experimental injectable, I don't know what is. But um, that really fired me up when I left work this, this, you know, this last weekend. So it's just insulting that he feels like he can say that to people. Um, you know, how dare you naysayers, anti-vaxxers, quote unquote, you know, to ask questions about this experimental vaccine, which all the experts freely admit that it is experimental. We've never given an mRNA injectable to people in the past. And whether they want to admit it or not, we are human guinea pigs. Uh, we are the trial. It is happening right now. And given the number of people who have had adverse reactions to the injection, and unfortunately, some people have died, um, it's not looking good as far as stats. Kevin and I sat down and did a little number crunching today. And the number of people who have been vaccinated um, and the number of people who have had adverse reactions to the vaccine and died and or died, um, the percentage is almost as much as the percentage of you recovering from the actual disease. So when you crunch numbers and numbers don't lie, numbers don't have an agenda, it's not looking the greatest. Uh, it's not, it's not a strong case for you to go out and get the vaccine at this point in time. So the fact that he's telling people to shut up and don't ask questions and just do what you're told, don't think, we'll do your thinking for you, is insulting. So that leads me to believe that we are probably more leading down that road, <laughs> traveling down that road where they're going to mandate vaccines. I mean, we go back and forth, we waffle back and forth, Kevin and I. And I just don't see how he cannot mandate the vaccine, given how public he's been with his opinions. And, you know, he's kind of he, he's kind of in a position where he needs to put his money where his mouth is um, to save face, if nothing else. So I really in my heart of heart thinks I think it's coming. And I'm thinking it's probably going to be in September when they mandate the flu vaccination, which I kind of hope. If it's going to happen, I hope it happens then so that I can opt out of the flu vaccination because I'm not a big proponent of that either. I've done it every year to keep my job. I don't believe in it. I think it's the odds of them coming up with a formula that will um, combat that season's flu virus is very slim and they freely admit that their percentages are not the greatest always. Uh, it just to me doesn't make any sense to get it but I'd have done it. And if they're going to mandate the COVID vaccine, I would prefer they do it in September so that I can say no thank you to both the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine. Because trust me, I would not get it otherwise. And I have no intentions of getting it if and when I have to quit my job and move into another field. So anyway, so that was... um. That was a, a little bit of a an irritant to start the holiday weekend off with was that tweet. But, um, you know, he's pretty arrogant and 
arrogant in his views. And, and I'm sure from his perspective that he feels like he's doing the right thing. He probably thinks we're the crazy ones for not getting it. And I understand that we all are coming at this from various viewpoints. But you have to respect the fact that it is someone's body and they do have the right to question whether they want to get something like that injected into their body. And you can't make them feel like they're stupid or ignorant by asking questions. I haven't heard anything about the Houston hospital case that the workers, you know, the workers sued the hospital. They don't want to do the mandatory vaccine. I know that the first judge they took the case to denied to hear the case you know, citing that it's not any different than an employee being expected to show up on time for work. Well, perhaps, but that's a little bit more, um, a little bit more impactful than just showing up on time for work. This is something that goes into your body and potentially has some long-term repercussions, which no one knows about because again, we're the guinea pigs. But it is a little encouraging to read articles about uh, healthcare unions fighting off this mandatory COVID-19 vaccine. I don't, we don't have a union at my hospital and I'm glad, uh, but I will be watching these union fights to see what comes of this. The president of the largest union of healthcare workers in, in the United States says the organization will fight against companies requiring mandate mandatory COVID-19 vaccines for employees. George Gresham, president of 1199SEIU, United Healthcare Workers East, which describes itself as the largest healthcare union in the country, said hospital systems don't have the right to mandate vaccines for employees. The union, which is based in New York, also represents hundreds of thousands of nurses and caregivers in New Jersey, Florida, Washington, Maryland, and Massachusetts. Whether there is a legal challenge that we can make or whether it's just a pure organizational challenge that we can make, we are not going to just give in, Gresham told local news website Gothamist this week. Earlier in, earlier in June, New York Presbyterian Hospital in New York had mandated that its employees be vaccinated against the CCP, which is the Chinese Communist Party virus, which causes COVID-19, coming as other hospital systems across the United States have done the same. The union president said that he's vaccinated against the virus and has encouraged union members to get vaccinated as well. However, he told the website that workers have the rights to make their decision about their own health and met with New York Presbyterian Chief Executive Steve Corman to discuss unvaccinated union members' concerns about the company's policy. It's not just 1199SEIU that has opposed mandatory shots as the New York State Nurses Association released a statement opposing vaccine mandates. Uh, the acronym is NYSNA strongly opposes the mandatory vaccination of healthcare workers or providers for COVID-19 as a condition of employment of or as a state or federal mandate the union states on its website. According to a memo, New York Presbyterian informed its workers that it would require them to get at least their first COVID-19 vaccine shot by September 1st. I'm telling you folks, it's coming. We care for sick people, some critically so, every day, and we are responsible for their safety while in our care, the mandate notice states. The stakes in this matter are high, and the evidence is clear that getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is the most important and responsible action we can take as uh, NYP team members for the safety and well-being of our patients and visitors, our communities, and, our, and ourselves. Gresham's comments come after employees of Houston Methodist Hospital in Texas challenged the system's vaccine requirement, which was rejected by a judge several weeks ago. A Houston Methodist spokesperson has since told the Epoch Times in an email that 153 employees were fired on June 22nd or had quit during the previous two-week period. Many of my clients actually contracted COVID as a result of treating COVID-positive patient patients, and the thank you that Methodist Hospital gives them now is a pink slip, says Jared would fill an attorney representing the employees. New York Presbyterian didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. So that's their argument, of course. And, and on one hand, I get it. I do. I mean, we, we are there. We are caring for vulnerable people. Um, we don't inadvertently want to give them any kind of disease. But at the same time, and if this was any other vaccine that had been vetted, I don't think this would be an issue. In fact, I know it wouldn't be an issue. But the fact is, no one knows what is going to happen, what kind of long-term repercussions this vaccine will have on people. And that's what makes people pause. 
it has really nothing to do with um, the disease itself, to be honest. And I think that's evidenced by the fact that they're trying to bribe people to get the vaccine with, you know, lotteries and free beers and donuts and so forth to try to incentivize people to get the vaccine for reasons other than, you know, hey, you may get sick. So at some point you have to draw the line in the sand. I mean, it's, and they're already talking about booster shots, you know, with the Delta variant and any other variants that are on their way, which you know they're going to be because, you know, we don't want people to get too complacent and um, the fear level to go down because that wouldn't do at all. So it, it's a little encouraging to see that some people are fighting back. I don't know it's going to really have any effect ultimately. But, I mean, it's, it's encouraging to see that people are not entirely sheeple, which, to be honest, that is what bothers me the most, I think, out of this whole response to COVID is the fact that people are just so willing to go along with what the government says they need to do. I mean, people that think the government are there or have their best interest in heart are just, I'm sorry to say, but they're delusional. The government does not care about you. They only care about your money and they care about controlling you. That's all they care about. Uh, so when you don't do what they want you to do, they just tighten the screws. And that can be uh, with you know, your employer saying you don't have a job or you don't get a certain program benefit or you don't, you know, you don't um, qualify for a certain whatever. So I don't know. It's just, you just can't make people do something they don't feel comfortable with, ultimately, whether it's a vaccine or whatever else, because that's how it all starts. We're doing it for the good of the people. Well, okay, you give in this one thing, and then you're giving them license to take something else away later on down the road, and it's easier for them to take it away because they've already taken something else away from you. You're used to it now. It's the normal. So... At some point, you just have to say, no, you're not taking anything else from me. You're not. Something else I'd like to touch on with the whole COVID discussion before we move on to other topics is in the response tweet to the CEO of my hospital, I provided a link to the white papers on the America, America's Frontline Doctors website that give uh, basically a background information of the COVID-19 disease, how it started, where it originated all the fallacies and misinformation that was given out about hydrochloroquine um, and other medications that were, were, were proven, well, were showing promise as far as uh, combating the disease. And they have all kinds of resources and links to back up what they're saying. So I would highly encourage you to read it uh, just to get more information about COVID and the vaccine that they are proposing or trying to push people into. But here's a section that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, safety concerns regarding the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. Number one, it's a brand new technology. No vaccine based on messenger RNA has ever been approved for any disease or even entered final stage trials until now. So there's no peer-reviewed published human data to compare how mRNA stacks up against older technologies. How well mRNA vaccines will actually prevent COVID-19 remains unknown. This new technology is less stable than older technologies, for example, requiring deep freezing temperatures up to negative 70 degrees Celsius for Pfizer's vaccine. This differs from other vaccines that are typically kept in ordinary refrigerators. Recently, a vaccine candidate had to be halted because test subjects had false positive HIV test results. In other words, unexpected things must be expected with brand new experimental technology. Number two, failure of previous coronavirus vaccines. Despite trying for decades, scientists have never been able to create a successful coronavirus vaccine. Whenever they think they have it, the experimental coronavirus vaccine has failed and animals who got the experimental vaccine died. Number three, no independently published animal studies. Most other previous vaccines have performed and published results on animal studies prior to giving to humans. This is critical because deadly effects are often not, often, are often not seen until this step. Vaccines that have been given to humans prior to animal trials have frequently resulted in deaths that caused the governments to yank the vaccines. 
Most scientists believe that human death is inevitable if there are no prior peer-reviewed animal studies. I think that's been proven by the adverse reactions uh, that people have been having to the vaccine, and some people unfortunately have died. Number four, known complications. One of the known complications of vaccines is something called immune enhancement. One type of immune enhancement is known as antibody-dependent enhancement, or ADE. This is a process where a virus leverages antibodies to aid infection. In short, the anti-COVID antibodies stimulated by a vaccine amplify the infection rather than prevent its damage. This paradoxical reaction has been seen repeatedly in other vaccines and animal development trials, especially with coronavirus vaccine trials. Again, all this information is backed up by links. Other known complications of vaccines include neurological diseases such as transverse myelitis, Bell's palsy, multiple sclerosis, autism, and Guillain-Barre. For example, in 1976, the government attempted a mass vaccination of the population with the newly created swine flu vaccine. The vaccination program was aborted after about 450 people came down with Guillain-Barre. The extremely limited COVID-19 vaccine data already has at least two transverse myelitis cases and four Bell's palsy cases that may be linked to vaccination. Number five, unknown complications. There are entire populations for whom we don't know the data. For example, we have no knowledge of the immune response in vaccinated individuals who later contract the disease and who also do not know the effects on disease course in vaccinated individuals with waning immunity. We do not know the effects on the elderly. We do not know the effect on the pregnant or soon to be pregnant. There is no actual data at all for an enormous percentage of the population, probably more than half. Just by the mere fact that these trials were launched within the last six months, we cannot know of any long-term effects or interactions with other viruses, such as influenza or the seasonal cold, especially considering that two of the vaccines nearest to public distribution take an entirely novel approach with mRNA. The mechanism of action of the experimental mRNA vaccines includes a possible autoimmune rejection of the placenta. In layman's terms, the vaccine may permanently interfere with a woman's ability to maintain a pregnancy. The vaccine companies themselves acknowledge the possibility of ill effects on a pregnancy on the vaccine bottle, which says the following. It's unknown whether COVID-19 mRNA has an impact on fertility, and women of childbearing age are advised to avoid pregnancy for at least two months after their second dose. Number six, pharmaceuticals are immune from all liability. The same companies and executives that profit from this vaccine are immune from all liability. In 1986, Congress passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, the NCVIA. It provides immunity from liability to all vaccine manufacturing companies. With the COVID-19 experimental vaccine, AstraZeneca goes even further in acknowledging that this is an emergency situation and requested no liability from the EU. Number seven, an experimental vaccine is not safer than a very low IFR. The IFR was always known to be very low for the young and healthy middle-aged, and it has now been shown to be extraordinarily low. We are getting better and better at treating COVID-19. The death rate in terms of population continues to fall. Hospital stays for COVID-19 get shorter, and hospital mortality from COVID-19 plummets. So those are just some seven factual concerns about the COVID-19 vaccine. These white papers go on and on. There's all kinds of interesting information and all kinds of links that you can follow, resources that back up what they say. Uh, So given all of this additional information and concerns about the COVID-19, yes, Mr. Edwards, we have concerns. So how dare you tell us to shut up? All right, let's, let's pause and... Let's listen to some intermission music and uh, calm down a little bit because I got a little fired up about that. (laughs) So we'll come back and we'll talk about something different. See you in a bit.
I spent your 16 cents yet? That's the 16 cents that Biden has saved you over this holiday 4th of July. He boasts about it. He thinks it's the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. You have an extra 16 cents in your pocket. Don't spend it all at once. I still have mine. It's been hard, I admit, to not spend it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it back for a rainy day. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Biden is boasting that he has saved you 16 cents on your 4th of July a barbecue food. Uh, the White House posted on social media a statement about how a July 4th picnic dinner is supposed to be costing 16 cents less this year than last. And he got ridiculed online, rightly so. Uh, talk about out of touch. The president, in a boast about his economic plan, said, Planning a cookout this year? Catch up on the news. According to the Farm Bureau, the cost of a 4th of July barbecue is down from last year. It's a fact you must hear. Hot dog, the Biden economic plan is working, and that's something we can all relish. Okay, a side note, that was pretty cute. That's a pretty cute little tweet um, playing on the words ketchup, relish, hot dog that kind of thing so that was pretty cute but let's look below the surface let's not get distracted by semantics fox reported representative elise Ste stefanik from new york wondered if the biden administration has been to a gas station recently the average price for a gallon of gas is three dollars and 15 cents this is the highest price for a gallon of gas since 2014 and a 42 percent increase from last year dan price the chief of gravity payments noted 16 cents home prices are going up 24 percent annually right now the median home goes up 16 cents every 1.3 seconds right now Fox reported the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service found that this year food at home prices have ticked upward 1.4%. The report said the fresh fruits category has had the largest relative price increase, 4.8%, and the fresh vegetables category the smallest, 0.3%. No 2021 price categories decreased compared to 2020 prices. Others showed no mercy on the Biden statement. Hear that, millennials? You got a whole extra 16 cents this year. Wow. Why don't you own homes yet? One person posted a list of prices of various cuts of beef, which rose from $2.45 to $3.09, $2 to $2.84, and $3.03 to $4.16. Another, this is the first time in history the U.S. government is advertising false decline in prices to hide behind the inflation that they are creating. If they are marketing it, you know it's bad. Hilarious. Well, let me tell you about what I pay for gas. It's unreal compared to when the last president was in office. Let me tell you about how my franchises contracted for the food we get has gone up 80%, which I now have to pass on the cost to my guest, said another. One pointed out that the recent surge in lumber prices, which have raised the cost of housing by tens of thousands of dollars with, sure, it's cheaper as long as you're not planning to build a picnic table out of lumber to eat dinner on. Another of the uniformly anonymous comments mentioned a lunacy bubble from which those in Washington have been unable to escape. And that's a pretty apt description. It's definitely a lunacy bubble. And we have inflation. Why, ladies and gentlemen? Because that's the first thing Biden did when he got into office was he started passing all of these insanely expensive packages, infrastructure and whatever other excuses he drummed up in order to spend money on programs that uh, do not benefit the American people at this point in time anyway. <clears throat> so yes, Biden, you are the reason why inflation is happening and will get worse. So everybody uh, keep track of your pocketbooks because uh, everything's going to be a lot more expensive very soon. In fact, I'm sure you've probably noticed an uptick in your grocery bill. I know we have uh, since Biden has taken office and I'm sure it's only going to get worse in the next three and a half years or however long the man has in office. Um, 
piggybacking, piggybacking, <laughs> piggyback off of that, uh, there's an article saying that, hey, it's too late to save Christmas. Retailers brace for unprecedented shortages of everything. With global container shipping rates hitting never-before-seen levels amid a historic global scramble to secure good and inventory, suppliers to Walmart, Target, Amazon.com, and other major retailers told Reuters they are placing <clears throat> holiday orders for Chinese-made merchandise weeks much earlier this year as a global shipping backlog threatens to leave many gift buyers empty-handed this Christmas shopping season. Reuters surveyed nearly a dozen suppliers and retailers of everything from toys to computer equipment in the United States and Europe. All expect week-long de delays in holiday inventory due to shipping bottlenecks, including a global container shortage and the recent COVID-related closure of the southern Chinese ports. The risk for retailers is, is a rash of out-of-stock items, just as shoppers are ready to open their wallets to splurge on toys, clothing, and other merchandise. So, in addition to everything costing more, it's going to be more of a challenge to actually get it. So, spend your money wisely, and you might plan ahead, because this Christmas you could see some empty shelves, which plays with people's psyche, myself included. It is weird, and it does kind of evoke a sense of panic when you go into a store and you see these empty shelves, because we're so used to... America is so great. It's such a great country. Um, anybody who tells you otherwise, they're, well, there's something wrong with them because <laughs> America is awesome. But we are spoiled. I will say that because, you know, I can't remember a time in my lifetime when I've gone to the store and there's been empty shelves because we simply don't have the product or getting the product has been a problem. There's always been an abundance of everything. In fact, we have choices for every single item practically. I mean, look how many types of toothpaste there are to choose from. So we have been spoiled in the fact that we've had all of these choices and abundance to choose from. And uh, so when you go to the store and you see these empty shelves, it does evoke a small sense of panic, at least to, you know, rational people. I mean, I think that's evidenced by the toilet paper saga of 2020. And uh, I mean, it is scary to go in for an item that you need. You can't go without toilet paper. I mean, I guess there are alternatives, but they're not very sanitary alternatives. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, only for the item that you're needing to be gone. I mean, it does it does make you panic a little bit. I think that's what happened with people. Um, you know, you you run across an item that's short. There's not very many of that item left. So your instinct is to just pick up more than you need so that you can make sure you don't run out. I mean, it's a selfish attitude, but I think it's a human attitude. And I'm I'm not exempt from this, by the way, folks. I felt that, that sense of unease and panic too when I saw those shelves. So it just kind of makes you wonder if we're going to have something similar uh, this Christmas when people are going out to Christmas shop and the items they're looking for are not available, whether that's physical or online. So moral of the story at this point in time is plan ahead and spend your money wisely. Did you guys hear that a transgender woman won the Miss Nevada USA pageant? Uh, a biological male who identifies as a woman has won the title of Miss Nevada USA for the first time in the pageant's history. A biological woman is not taking home the crown for Miss Nevada USA. Enriquez won the beauty pageant on Sunday at the South Point Hotel Casino in Las Vegas, which means he will go on to represent Nevada as the first transgender individual ever to compete in the Miss USA pageant, which will be held on November 29th. Enriquez beat 21 other contestants in the Miss Nevada USA pageant, according to a report by Associated Press. In March, Enriquez was crowned Miss Silver State USA, which is described as the biggest preliminary competition for the Miss Nevada USA pageant. Uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal reports that Enriquez took first, first took part in transgender pageants in 2016 while working as a model and started competing in women's pageants last year. 
Lemon's beauty pageants are not the only place where biological males are beginning to dominate. So once again, uh, transgender women are taking over women's categories, sports, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, lives, basically. Where are the feminists? Why is no one outraged by this? We've Women have fought very hard over a number of years to secure uh, their only little section, I guess, of society, whereas if it's sports, work, what have you, and now these biological males who have decided they are now females are coming in and basically pushing these women out, and it's confusing to me that no one is causing a bigger deal about this. A biological female allowed to go topless at a pool use men's facilities. I don't know that men are necessarily going to complain about that. Um, But that's happening as well. Uh, Let's see, where's that article at? The city of Pella said it has reviewed the incident involving a middle teenaged biological female who went topless at the pool and used the men's facilities earlier this month. The policy of the city is to allow people to wear clothing that conforms with their gender identity at the aquatic center. The city has reviewed the matter with legal counsel and no further action will be taken, it said on Facebook. The city considers this matter concluded. It added that the city operates its facilities in accordance with state and federal law, which violates discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Reaction was harsh. So if a grown man decided he felt like a woman, you would be okay with him going into the women's shower with women and little girls, Connie asked. Glad my kids are grown. We would never patronize your pool. There's a city council meeting this evening at 6 p.m. Look up Iowa code 728.5, Jenny said. The pool can enforce a PDA policy as long as it treats everyone the same. Um, Again, I don't know how, I don't know why men would complain about that because they get to see breast um, and they get to see a woman in the, in the men's bathroom doing whatever so from a man's perspective I don't see this being an issue but reversing that position and now you've got a grown ass man in the women's showers doing whatever he's doing in front of little children that's a problem and it's uh, scary that people are not I mean, they are speaking up, but that nothing is being done about it. It's just being poo-pooed under the table. And the people that are complaining are the the bigots, you know, the uh, transphobic people, whatever, whatever label you want to give them. Uh, yeah, that's happening, people. And um, you don't think it's going to happen to you? Just wait. Just wait. It's coming. The question is, is anybody going to do anything about it? Probably not. As if I need any further excuse to loathe Facebook, here's another one, which by the way, I'm not on Facebook. I have no intentions of using Facebook ever again. Social media giant unleashes accusations of extremism. Social media giant Facebook, which long has been active in efforts to reduce, even eliminate conservative and Christian perspectives, has unleashed a new tool. It's a series of messages sent directly to its platform users that make various accusations. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? One message this week said, We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential support. A clickable button is then labeled, Get Support. A report at Red State documented that the claims being made by Facebook... Another was, Joan, you may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently. Violent groups try to manipulate your anger and disappointment. You can take action now to protect yourself and others. It offers, get support from experts, spot the signs, understand the dangers of extremism, and hear from people who escaped violent groups. Again, the clickable get support. The report said the warning comes with a link to a support group called Life After Hate. This group claims to help Americans leave their hateful ideology. And what might that hateful ideology be? If you haven't already guessed, here's the description on the site's about page. It states, our mission, 
Life After Hate is committed to helping people leave the violent far right to connect with humanity and lead compassionate lives. Our programs, our primary goal is to interrupt violence committed in the name of ideological or religious beliefs. We do this through education, interventions, academic research, and outreach. Red State explained, is it crazy to believe that there are right-wing hate groups out there who pose some type of danger? No. What is crazy here is that extremism is equated with right-wing extremism. There seems to be no option or even descriptions for those concerned about left-wing extremism. It's almost as if it doesn't exist. The report added, it appears that Facebook may be aiming these messages particularly toward people who are expressing opposition to critical race theory or those who question election results and the nature of the riots on Capitol Hill in January of 2021. Because Facebook feels like you are too stupid to discern what you're reading and to make up your own mind as to whatever conclusion you come up with. So they're going to help you out, poor stupid person, and they're going to guide you to a group of people who have no agenda whatsoever other than to want to help you through this this hard time. So listen here, Mr. Stupid Person, come over here get our support. We will help brainwash you into thinking the way we do because we wouldn't want you to think on your own. That's too dangerous. So insulting. It's so insulting to think, oh my gosh, someone's expressing their opinion and they're from the right. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't allow this to happen. We need you to come over here so we can reprogram you. It's basically what it is. Prove me wrong. Just saying. I don't know if you've been paying attention to Kamala Harris or watching anything that any news clips or speeches or what have you that she's been involved with in the last few months. But she is an oddball. She is an odd person. I don't know if it's just because she doesn't have very good public speaking skills, if she gets nervous and then she starts that cackling because she always cackles at the most inappropriate times. Um, But she's a disaster. She's just a disaster when it comes to this whole VP thing. And I mean, I think the majority of people saw this coming. She was one of the first Democratic candidates to leave the race Um, because of her poor performance and now here she is VP anyway Dems are paranoid Harris can't win in 2024 I don't know how you normal Democrats feel the the far left you know whatever you're beyond hope but the, the the normal Democrats I mean why would you put Harris in that position she can't possibly win unless of course you know they cheat again (laughs) um but which is not really a laughing matter but I laugh because I'm frustrated and also how everybody is just so convinced that it didn't happen but whatever that's water under the bridge unfortunately at this stage in the game but if the Dems seriously put Harris in the running for president I don't think they have a snowball's chance in hell that she's going to win the nomination After recent reports of discord in the office of Vice President Kamala Harris over the past week, some Democrats seem to be having buyer's remorse over the woman who's a heartbeat away from becoming the next president. Good gosh. That is a scary sentence right there. Think about that for a minute. That is freaking scary, people. In a Friday piece for Axios, Margaret Tlaib and Jonathan Swan reported that several administration officials used a shit show when describing Harris's office with one Democratic operative revealing that some of the administration was saying, oh, she's effing up. Maybe she shouldn't be the heir apparent. While this contrasts with a steady drumbeat of official statements out of Harris's office defending the environment and chief of staff, Tina Florno, apparently one of the architects of the clouds of doom encircling the Veep's camp, what's clear is that those speaking off the record, um, aren't so sanguine about Harris's challenges. 
That's a problem since the former senator of California was picked to be a bit more than a running mate or the heir apparent in eight years if all goes right. Joe Biden is already America's oldest president and he comes across as a high mileage 78, a man prone to forgetting and inventing things for most of his life. Biden's rate of gaffery has become cringeworthy. That's putting it mildly. Harris, Harris is supposed to be the Democrats' insurance plan. If and when things go bad, she'll be ready to plug the breach. And yet, the way Harris runs her office has become a worrisome matter for the Dems. A Wednesday political piece described how 22 current and former administration officials, as well as those familiar with how the vice president's office is run, described a hive of, of toxic, toxicity. People are thrown under the bus from the very top. There are short fuses, and it's an abusive environment, one source said. It's not a healthy environment, and people often feel mistreated. It's not a place where people feel supported, but a place where people feel like shit. Political reported that for some of the people who know Harris best, it's become an all-too-familiar pattern for a politician who has churned through several iterations of staff on her rise and took office with a team almost entirely new to her. Just six months in, some of those aides in the office of the vice president said they are eyeing other employment opportunities. Others have already left. In recent days, two top advanced staffers parted ways with Harris in what they and Harris officials said were long-planned departures, a point disputed by two other people familiar with the matter. Much of the blame was appropriated, apportioned to Tina Flournay, Harris's chief of staff. On Thursday, CNBC reported on her strong-arm tactics while working as former President Bill Clinton's chief of staff, tactics which included yelling at longtime friends of the Clintons when they asked for favors. Publicly, sources in the administration has dis have dismissed the importance of the reports. On Friday, Axios noted that Harris would be the presumptive nominee if Biden didn't run. Administration sources believe it would be nearly impossible to unseat the first black woman vice president. They've also been dismissing the reports based on the anonymity of the sources. It's a whisper campaign designed to sabotage her, Biden's senior advisor said. So I guess I, I don't understand why. And I, I think the Republicans do this, too. Why, you know, you, you are in, you're like you're in this line, this this just you're just in a line for office so you know if you've if you're the next in line then you're the next candidate for whatever i've never really understood that rationale i mean yes you put the time in yes you have the experience but you're not necessarily the best person for the job why don't you put someone in there that we that you can actually hope to win i i, I just don't think that their strategy to put harris in to be the nominee for the next president just because she's the next person in line is smart. And I just don't think the most people, even Democrats, I don't think will go for her as president. She is off-putting. She doesn't seem like she's very intelligent. She seems very sneaky. She lies. She uh, She's just all of the bad. There's really not a whole lot of good I can say about Kamala. And I, that's me trying to be impartial because obviously I'm a conservative um, and anybody you put in that office I'm going to be critical of. But this woman especially I think would be super bad news. So yeah, Dems should be paranoid because Harris I think would be a super stupid move. Um, especially if they end up putting someone like DeSantis in on the right side. Uh, to run for president. I think she wouldn't have a snowball's chance in hell unless they end up fixing the election again and, you know, she ends up winning because of cheating, basically. I think that's the only way it's going to happen, personally. Okay, let's move on to some questions. A few questions here and then we'll call it a night. Uh, would you rather questions? These are always kind of fun. I don't think I've done these before on my podcast. If I have, I apologize. Who knows? The answers are probably different. <laughs> uh, would you rather the aliens that make first contact be robotic or organic? Well, first of all, you're assuming that I believe in aliens, which, to be honest, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Uh, I have a hard time believing that in this vast gallery, gal galaxy, um, amid all these other galaxies that surround us in the hundreds, thousands, however vast the universe is, 
that there's not any other intelligent organic life form out there? I don't know. I feel like the probability of that is high considering the vastness of the universe. Uh, I don't know that the Bible really references any other intelligent life form outside of our galaxy. I don't, I mean, I don't know, maybe God's playing around with different types of life forms. Who knows? Whether they make contact with our little piddly planet. I don't really think so. I don't know that that would, I don't, I just, in my heart of hearts, I don't think that would ever happen. But let's just assume for the sake of argument that I do believe in aliens and they would, and I do believe they could potentially make contact with humans. Would I rather they be robotic or organic? Um, probably organic. I would think that if they were not friendly and they came to earth with ill intent and they were threatening us, I would hope that if they were organic, they would be easier to kill than a robotic being. Um, I mean, this is assuming that they don't have any kind of supernatural abilities, which they're aliens, perhaps they do. But I would think that an organic alien would be easier to destroy if it came to that than a robotic one. Um, yeah, that's my final answer. Organic. Okay, number two, would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Wow. There's a dilemma. It says if you strongly swing introvert or extrovert, this might be pretty easy for you. Well, I am definitely introvert, though you wouldn't believe it from my blog or this podcast, but it's true. Um, man, I'm a huge reader, though. To lose the ability to read, I definitely would rather lose the ability to speak. I mean, there are other ways to communicate with people, right? I can learn sign language. Uh, I could write things down. But to lose the ability to read? No. No thanks. I, that would be super hard for me. I, I don't think I would. I would not enjoy that at all. I'd rather lose the ability to speak. For sure. Would you rather have a golden voice or a silver tongue? Oh, 100% silver tongue. I don't want to brag, but I'm going to. <laughs> I kind of think I'm a pretty good liar. I don't know that's necessarily a good trait to brag about. I know that Kevin thinks I'm a pretty good liar. Um, I can convince myself and others around me for, for untruths, for half, half truths, white lies. Um, and I would like to think that with some toning, with some uh, fine tuning, that I could potentially be a pretty mean debater. I like, I like discourse. I like talking about things. I like discussing things and I really like discussing things with people that don't think like me it gives me an opportunity to to think about how what I believe or how I believe and to construct responses to people that don't necessarily agree with me so definitely silver tongue for sure it would be nice to have a golden voice. It would be nice to be able to sing. I can't sing for the life of me. Even though Kevin thinks I can, I don't think I'm that great of a singer. Uh, but I definitely would rather have a silver tongue, for sure. I think sometimes language can be a powerful tool to get what you want or to manipulate or convince or persuade someone to do what you want to do. I mean, just look what's happening right now all around us. Number four, would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales? Hmm. Well, since I'm not a big water person, I don't like water. I don't like really being around water. I'm not a good swimmer, not a very strong swimmer at all. Um, 
But gosh, fur. Seemed like that would be awfully hot. Hmm. That's an interesting dilemma. If I'm going to be covered in fur, I would probably live in a cold climate. Which I'd be okay with. Because I'm actually okay with the cold. I'd rather be cold than hot. Always. Uh, being too hot makes me cranky and it makes me sleepy. Being cold makes me stay awake. Probably fur. But fur would stink. I'd have to make sure it's clean. Scales, I could just jump in the water. And if I have scales, then I'm assuming by that that I'm a good swimmer. But in order to have scales, would I have to be in the water? Would I have to like, like would it, would they, would it damage me if I was... I didn't go into the water if I had scales I know I'm overthinking this probably fur I think my final answer is fur I would just have to find ways of washing myself so it wouldn't stink because I mean I just think like wet dog there's nothing more gross than a wet dog smell granted I'm not a dog lover (laughs) so it doesn't take much to gross me out when it comes to that but oh gosh can you imagine walking around with that wet fur smell Oh, no thanks. I think I'd rather get a razor and just shave it off. There we go. Then I have nothing. (laughs) I guess I would be down to skin. Uh, Would you rather be in jail for a year or lose a year off your life? Well, I already feel like we've lost a year of our life with the whole 2020 fiasco. Uh, That sucked. I really don't want to do that again. So probably in jail. And that way I could use that time to write, to read, to study something, to better myself. And then once I'm released, I could, I could use those skills to make my life better, to enrich my life, I suppose. Yeah, I think I'd rather do that than lose a year of my life because life is precious and short and I really wouldn't want to lose any more of it if I could, for sure. Uh, but if I'm in jail, I want to be in solitary confinement. <laughs> I don't want to deal with the rest of those crazies in there. Uh, and I would be okay with that because I'm okay with my company. I'm okay with being alone and by myself. I'm an introvert, remember? All right. I think that's enough nonsense for one day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your your um, willingness to listen to me ramble. I really hope that you've learned something today. I hope that some of these articles that I've linked uh, will open your eyes and give you a new perspective on things. Um, You know, perhaps you didn't even know about some of these things, because if you watch the mainstream media, you won't hear about any of the things that I talked about today, because they don't want you to know about any of that stuff. And I'm a firm believer in the more information you have, the better. The, The more informed you are, the better decisions you can make. So I hope that was helpful. Thanks again for your time. I appreciate you. And I hope you have a great week. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.